Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey, my friends. Today, I want to introduce you to Winter Pitts. She is the author of a magazine called For Girls Like You, and it's also a new devotional book and a website. And she's going to share a little bit about her story of growing up in poverty in the inner city of Baltimore and the impact that poverty and fatherlessness had on her life and also the impact of her mother and her grandmother and how it helped her to live the life that she has today. She is a wife and the mother of four girls. Obviously, she is a magazine publisher and an author, and she has so much uh, of a heart for young girls, especially the kind of early elementary tween age up through there. And that's why she created this resource. And I love how she saw a need in her own daughter, and she just went ahead and met that need. And now she's sharing that with so many girls around the world. So before we get into our chat today with Winter, though, I want to say a thank you to our show sponsor, PlanToEat.com. You can check out their free 30-day trial at PlanToEat.com forward slash inspired to action and just get a handle on your summer meal planning. Get it all done with, get it over with so that you can enjoy the summer at the pool, put stuff in the crock pot, come home, you have a nice dinner ready to go. There is so much value in meal planning during the summer so that you can enjoy all the fun and spontaneous activities that come along with this season. I also want to let you know that on June 30th, I will be soft launching, which means I'm not telling everybody, just special people like you, about my new planner, the Inspired to Action Planner. This is a printable planner that you can download, and my whole goal with it is to help you eliminate overwhelm and to live each day with purpose and intention. And it comes with an e-guide, it comes with videos to show you how the whole thing works, and obviously with all the printables and a couple starter packs so that you can just get started right away. You can either print those from your computer, you can upload those to your local uh, UPS or FedEx store and have those printed for you. So that happens on June 30th. Sign up for my mailing list over at inspiredaction.com to be notified if you're interested in that. So let's go ahead and jump into our chat today with Winter Pitts. Hey, Winter, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing very well. I'm excited to chat with you because I've known you. I don't really remember how we, I guess we met like on Instagram, maybe. I think so. I think One so. of those social media yeah. outlets. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm glad to finally chat with you. I do know, is she your cousin, Crystal? Yes, Crystal's my cousin. Okay, Crystal Hurst. And... um. So I've kind of heard a lot about you, and we've interacted on social media, so I'm excited to chat with you today. Um, you even were so gracious and asked my girls to participate in your magazine, and they were really excited at first, and then they were terrified, and so then they bailed. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, have, to work on, we'll have to work on that. But, um, but I was really, really excited to chat with you today. You have four girls. I have two girls. 
And so I'm a little bit in awe of you. And um, I would love for you to just share a little bit more about you and your family with our listeners. Yeah, like you said, I do have four girls. Um, and even though there are four, I tell people all the time, I feel like once you get past two, it just, it, it doesn't matter. You don't count anymore. <laughs> so, so the girls are um, 11 is my oldest, Alina. And then I have Caitlin, who's eight. And then I have twins, uh, Cameron and Olivia, and they're six. So we are just a girl house. My husband and I, we live in Dallas. We've been married for, oh, no, I think it's will be 12 years this summer. Um, so, yeah, and that we just we're raising, raising girls. <laughs> That's what it. we're doing. <laughs> so do you forget how long you've been married sometimes? You know, after we hit 10, it started, it's all a little fuzzy. Yeah. So I have to go backwards and count. And my husband, yesterday somebody asked me and he, I answered and he looked at me like, that's not true. <laughs> I was like, sorry. I always get it wrong. And my husband likes to tease me about it because I just, I'm just not a numbers detail kind of person. And no. I just forget exactly how many years it's been. It's just been, it's been an awesome number of years. And so that's, I think that's just going to be my go-to answer because I never remember. Never I like remember that. The exact I number. like that. That's what I'll start saying. We've been married for an awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this is my advice to all of you listening. If anybody's listening and you're not married yet, get married on an even number year. It'll just make your life so much easier. We got married in 1998 and I really wish if we just waited two more years, then I would always know exactly how long we've been married. If I got married yeah. in the year 2000, that would have been perfect. Yeah. But I have to do this weird math and it just doesn't work for me. So yeah. Well, it's That's nice to know I'll, that I'm not alone. Yeah. And my birthday, I'm an 80s child. And so 1980. So I always know I'm the last number of whatever the year is. Oh, that's convenient. <laughs> At least you know your age because yeah. I forget that too sometimes. This is getting I, rough. <laughs> and the credibility, our credibility with everybody listening, like they don't remember how long they've been married. They don't remember how old they are. What are we listening to? <laughs> I know. Oh, well. Okay. So you started a a magazine initially and, and it's called For Girls Like You. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and, and what inspired you to get that started? Okay, I did. Um, like I said, my oldest daughter is 11. And so when she was about, and again, we know how I am about numbers, but I'm going to say she was about six years old, <laughs> somewhere in that. In that range. In that range. <laughs> um, no, she was about six years old, and I was stay-at-home mom, and I just had our you know, second daughter and the twins I may have been pregnant with. But um, I was used to just being really involved and doing mommy and me activities and mommy and me Bible studies and music classes and you know, just lots of things. And then when she started school, I just realized that, you know, there was just a little less time to do things and um, less ways to kind of just continue to pour into her in as intentionally as I had been when she was so tiny. And so I started looking for, and she's also just been very uh, academically mature, just, you know, an advanced reader and just really into learning and wanting to know everything. And for a six-year-old, that gets a little bit complicated because everything that she can read, she shouldn't read. Mm -hmm. And um, I just couldn't find a lot of resources that were for her, not for me to give to her, but for her um, to enjoy and still that they delivered all the messages that I was able to deliver when I was the only one doing the mommy and me things. That makes sense. And so I just was like, you know what? I'm going to put together a little booklet and in it I'm going to write 
um, all the just, you know, I'm going to make it fun and just put activities. And she was into fashion, which I didn't mind. But there's also just this kind of stigma that comes with that. So I wanted her to know, you know, that God is OK with her being into fashion, but it, modesty and not letting it control who she was and all that all that type of thing. So I just made this little booklet and put all these little nuggets of just fun things that I wanted her to have. And um, originally it was just going to be for her. And I thought, you know what, we have lots of friends with girls. And so I was like, you know, maybe it'll just be for her and some of my friends. I'll give it to them to give to their daughters. And slowly as I was doing it, my husband, you know, it'd be three o'clock in the morning and my husband's like, babe, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I'm making a booklet for Alina. You know, and he finally was like, I don't think this is just for Alina. <laughs> like, I think this is going to be something different. Um, and anyway, and it, it, you know, it did. It turned, God kind of moved some pieces together and we were able to print what now was the, what was the first issue of For Girls Like You magazine. And, um, you know, we did a little Kickstarter campaign and moms were interested and it just kind of, but it grew out of just me wanting to give her something that she could have that was for her, but still had all of the a godly, you know, wisdom and values and things that I wanted her to have even at six. I didn't want to wait until she you know, was 12. And, and then I go back and try to make up for all that lost time. And so now it's a, it's a magazine. We still, we print quarterly, um, subscription based and little girls around the world just get to have a little bit of for girls like you directly coming to them. So it's, it's fun. We enjoy doing it. And you cover, um, some really interesting and inspiring kids. What are some of the most, um, inspiring interviews that you've done? Cause I, I saw on one of your covers i, I want to say it was actually some girls do you know heather mcfadden yes and was, was it some girls that are friends of hers they've done like the the water for paper yeah. is that what it's pa called it's paper for, water. paper for water and and i have to say we do we always include um some sort of around the world because i want girls to realize that like it's not you know that we don't uh that we're blessed to be a blessing and that you know that god has given them gifts and talents and things to use to encourage and bless other people. And so I want them to get thinking outside of their own. So we always search out just little girls around the world that are doing different things or raising money or using their crafts. And these little girls were actually probably, all of them are my favorites, but I was so intrigued by them because they live like 10 minutes away from me and I had no idea um, what they were doing, but they had paper for water and their sisters. And they basically started making origami figures um, and wanted to raise enough money to, you know, put towards like a well and I, my facts are a little off, but the articles in the winter issue, I think, but they wanted to put money towards um, a well and they started making these little origami figurines and they actually went to like a Starbucks in their neighborhood and asked if they could sell them over a holiday as little uh, tree ornaments. And it did, they sold out the first night and they came back and did it again. And then eventually, I mean, now they have raised, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. They've done tons of wells. They've gone and dug wells themselves in India. And I think they're going on wow. another trip this summer. And it just, that was neat for me because we've talked to from our own girls. It's a little selfish, but it was just a really neat experience because we get to interview girls where we send them questions or we talk to them um, via Skype. But this was one that I got to take my girls to their home. We sat down, we met with them. They taught us how to do some origami figurines. And it was just kind of a hands-on, like, just paper, something that you enjoy doing, crafts, like all little girls love crafts. But when you give it to God and ask him to just bless it, like what he can do with that to bless other people. And so that was just, um, even for me, like just talking to the mom and kind of, you know, 
my girls all the time want to have a lemonade stand or want to do something. And I'm always like, okay, you're going to raise, you know, 50 cents. But it's like, no, like if you want, like if our girls are encouraged and want to do something, like it's our responsibility to, to give them, help them as much as we can to make that happen because you never know how God's going to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just, yeah, they, we've met tons of girls like that, that are just doing amazing things or are parts of families, uh, missionary families that are living, you know, we interviewed some girls that are uh, with preemptive love. I mean, a little girl, the daughter of the founders of preemptive love in Iraq. And, you know, just hearing her side of living um, with her family that are, you know, doing amazing work and meaningful work and also frightening work during this yeah. time. Um, and so it's just been, it's been encouraging for me and, and for the girls now that they are a part of, uh, my girls being a part of interviewing and answering those questions and meeting those people. It's been good opportunity. Has that sparked some interesting conversations with your girls? It has. Um, it just makes them always thinking about what they can do or how they can. And even though, you know, and that's the other thing, that's why I like to do girls that are just normal because just normal little girls, because, you know, even though anything that they've done hasn't raised thousands of money, you know, thousands of dollars yet, it's still just the idea of you're, these girls that we've talked to that you've met, they're just like you, mm-hmm. you know, they're just like you. Um, and so you just, you just keep doing what you're doing and just keep giving it to God and let him use it. And so it's been a lot of fun because the girls are always thinking about ways, you know, I want to make, you know, mommy, I want to make, you know, pencils. <laughs> I want to, you know, <laughs> well, mommy, what if we sell stickers at gymnastics? So what if we, you know, make goodie bags and have them in the car and give them out to the homeless? Just any, their, their minds are always thinking like that. And so it's been a blessing. <laughs> well, and what I love though, is just your involvement in the whole thing. So you saw a need that your daughter had and so you made a magazine. And, and I think this is true anytime. If we want our kids to have a bigger worldview or if we want our kids to have a heart for other people, ultimately, especially in the beginning when they're younger, that's going to be 10% our kids and then 90% us. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know if they, yeah, I'm sure the, the, the girls, the paper for water girls, they, they did a lot of the origami, but I'm sure there's a whole lot of behind the scenes stuff that their yes. parents have done too. And you've really modeled that. You you know what you want your girls to see and, and the values you want them to have. And so um, you didn't just hope that they would find these things. You made a magazine all about it and with the stuff that they, that they wanted to learn. Did you have a background in that? Did you have any knowledge of it? How did, how did you actually like get that process started? What made <laughs> you think that you could do that? That's so funny. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I am, you know, I graduated with a communications degree and I, you know, I've always worked in nonprofit world. And so now I see the benefit of that just because when you work in nonprofit, you kind of learn how to do little bits of everything. Um, so I knew little bits of graphic design, nothing major. Um, I knew how to do a little bit of, you know, Adobe software and I knew enough that if I tried, I could figure out a little more. And so I, you know, and Adobe software is pretty expensive. And so I downloaded like a trial version when we started, um, when I first was going to do the one booklet for my girls and that trial version ended in 30 days. And then I, you know, downloaded another trial version on my husband's computer, like on his work computer, which is why I was up till three in the morning because he would take his computer to work. And when he came home, I would have to finish up with the, you know, now I've bought it now and it's, but in the beginning it was really just trial and error, but I just felt it, I don't know. I just, it was completely God. And it's just funny now even thinking about it because I don't know what made me think I could do that. I, 
it was just a God thing where I felt like, you know what, I want, this is what I want for my girls. And I didn't start it out thinking like, I'll give this to other people. It was just, I was a mom and it was just kind of, you just do what you need to do. And it was just that I was just doing what I thought I needed to do for them. And, you know, now I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> well, I, think I don't it's know such... anything about magazines. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think that's the best thing about it, that you saw a need that your daughters had and you just dove right in. And, and I think that's the thing that as moms keeps us back from, from so many wonderful opportunities and experiences is just the fear of failure or the fear of, well, I'm not good at that or I don't know that. And we give ourselves these labels that we end up living up to because just because we've labeled ourselves. And so by just diving in and just doing it, you kind of labeled yourself in a positive sense. You, you, you were like, I make magazines. Even, even, if you, <laughs> even if you had no experience, you gave yourself that label and then you rose up to it. And, and now it's a real magazine that people subscribe to. And I just think, you know, apart from the wonderful value that the magazine has for your kids, that example is powerful for your girls as well. Um, now you're a super passionate mom, obviously. I, I, where does that stem from? Tell us a little bit about the inspiration that you had um, to really dive in as a mom. You know what? That's what I was when you even when you were just saying being that example for my girls. I really have to say that my mom was that example um, for me, and I just never. She just was a woman of faith and. There are things in my life, like I grew up in a, you know, a single parent home in Baltimore City. Um, you know, my father was, is uh, now recovered drug addict, but he wasn't a part of my life. And there are things about my life just that I should be a statistic. Like there's absolutely no reason why, you know, I should be married for 12 years and have four girls and doing well and, you know, have a magazine or any of those things. If you look on paper and I just have to say my mom was just a woman of faith and that she didn't let anything around us dictate um, what we were going to my brother and I were going to be or what we were going to do. She just prayed and we did things that looked like why in the world? Like I went to a private school and I think about her now and I'm like, why did you even apply? Like you could, there was no way you could afford that. <laughs> like, why did you even apply? But she's just like, I just trusted that God was going to provide. And he did. Um, and so that she just was that example to me of just you know, our children are gifts to us and we just have to live by faith and just go head first, doing the part that we can do and then just trusting God to kind of fill in the blanks. And that can look really foolish at times and it can look really silly. Like, why would I, you know, a mom with twins or pregnant with twins and a two-year-old and a six-year-old, you know, why would I sit down and think I could stay up till three in the morning and start a magazine? But it's just, you know what, you just do what God's telling you to do and just work towards that. And then all the the other things, that's his job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you literally just let him, you know, take care of that. I think as moms, we just think too hard and we give ourselves too much credit and kind of think we can, um, you know, by not doing things out of fear, it's really just thinking that we're in charge of it and we're just not. That's um, so true. Yeah, so we're just true. not. So um, anyway, sorry, well, I don't even really remember the question. I just felt I wanted to give my mom that. Yeah, no. <laughs> that, so you say, so your mom prayed, can you boil down any, like, so prayer was a big part of her mothering of you and, and who you are today. And I, so I love the idea of people just rising up, of not being a statistic, even though maybe the odds are against them. And, but I know there's a lot of people listening that maybe they have, you know, 
there aren't any statistics against them and their kids have everything that they need. And so I'd love to kind of see if we can hone in on the things that helped you rise up so that the moms listening that, you know, whether their kids do face challenges or they don't face challenges, I think we can still, I love the idea of honing in on those things so that, you know, whatever foundation we're coming from, we can all kind of rise just as high I don't know if this is not making any sense. Um, You know, there's so many people like I was thinking about Dr. Ben Carson and and he's the um, um, I guess he's a neurosurgeon. He's a I forget what kind of he's a surgeon. I think he's a heart surgeon. Heart surgeon. Heart surgeon. Yeah. And um, but anyway, he he started, you know, in poverty and a single parent household and, you know, was should have been a statistic, but now he's running for president mm-hmm. and um, in the presidential race. And, you know, we hear stories of people just rising up like that. But I think that a lot of times when we have those obstacles against us, we push harder. But I'm so passionate about, you know, like my kids, they don't face any of those things, but I want them to push just as hard so yeah. that they can rise that much higher and not be content and not be complacent. And I'm sure there's people, you know, on both spectrums listening right now. And so I'd love to just, you know, hone in on what are some of those things that your mom did that helped you rise above? What are the, some of the things that maybe that you did? Um, and, and I think those are just core things to instill in our kids, regardless of what obstacles they face or don't face, so that they can really be just everything that God intended for them. Um, so what, what, what would be a couple of things that you might stand out to you that your mom did? Um, you know, you mentioned prayer. Yeah, I think it's prayer and not, but, and also action. I think it was action. Um, like I said, even when it looked silly, which in our case, for her case, it was, you know, applying to send her daughter to, you know, an elite school in Baltimore, Maryland, where, you know, it was that sort of thing. But in, in our case, or it's doing things like, um, you know, our kids could have, and this is totally just the first thing I thought of, cause it's where we are right now. Where my kids, they can have their own iPad and their own phone and their own things. And it looks like completely normal and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's kind of, you know what, as a decision that we've made, it's just, it looks silly to everybody else to say no, <laughs> that they can't do that. It just looks silly. But it's doing what we think, um, what we feel like God is telling us to do for our families and being willing to do that regardless of whether it makes sense for another family, but being willing to take a stand for what we feel like God is telling you to do personally. Like my mom never... Um, you know, we didn't follow the same rules that my cousins followed or the same rules that my best friend followed. She just, or what society around us was doing. She really just did what she felt like. And it's not always right, but she all, she did what she felt like God was telling her to do what was best for us. And I just think we need to um, live fearlessly. We need to parent fearlessly when it comes to, um, wor- you know, worrying about what others may think about what we're doing mm-hmm. um, and just living by our own, you know, what we feel like God's leading us to do. So I think that's a big thing. So it's praying, but then also being willing to take that step of action um, for what we're praying for to make that happen. Then another thing I think is showing our kids, you know, we, I was talking about this because it's so true. You know, my kids aren't, you know, we, my kids aren't raised like I was raised. They don't have the same um, odds against them. And so it's kind of like, okay, what do I do? And so, you know, taking them, we take them to places to serve or to volunteer with, with families that, you know, don't look like the ones that we sit next to in church on Sunday or don't that look like, you know, different than our family looks. And it's taking them to say, to see like, you know, you've been very blessed. It's helping them mm-hmm. to realize that it's a blessing, like, and it's God's favor on your life. It's nothing to do with you because this, this 
whatever situation we're in serving, we could be, you know, you, that could be us. It, it just could be. Um, and so I think it's just being honest with our kids about the world that we live in and showing them, you know, the scary stuff, because it's like, this is how you appreciate that God has done this for us. And it's not because of anything that we've done, you know, but just because of his favor. And so he's called us to be that to somebody else. And I think it's just showing our kids that part. Um, yeah, I think those are the, there's just the praying, the acting, regardless of what society is telling us it should look like, but the praying and then acting on God's word and, and then just showing our kids, you know, real life um, so that they can continue to be grateful for what God's given them. Well, it sounds like your mom really gave you guys a sense of identity. Um, you know, yeah. you know, you said that she didn't do things like maybe your cousin's family did and, and you knew who you guys were and what you guys were about. And I think that's, that's so powerful to have, a family identity. Hey, this is what Lees do. This is what the Pitts family does. I know a friend of mine, uh, Liz Griffin, she'll, she's on a previous episode of the podcast and they have just a little motto and, and they say, this is what Griffins do. We, let me see if I can remember this. We love Jesus. We love people and we change the world. Wow. And um, it's just a succinct little thing that she says before she drops her kids off at school. She's like, hey, kids, what do Griffins do? Griffins love God. They love people and they change the world. Yeah. And just having that identity and that perspective is so powerful. Um, I, I sort of geek out a little bit on neuroscience. <laughs> it's like I know enough to be totally dangerous and misquote <laughs> lots of things. <laughs> but I do know there's this thing called... Um, uh, the reticular cortex. It's this part of the brain. It's, it's the part of the brain that when you're shopping for a new car, you only see that kind of car that you're looking for. So if you're shopping for a red minivan, suddenly everybody and their dog owns a red minivan. That's and, so you know, just God created our brains so that, you know, we have all these inputs happening all the time, but he created our brains so that we filter those things out. So whatever thing we're focusing on, whatever goal we're focusing on, our brain naturally filters everything else out and focuses on those things. And so it's not as if, you know, there isn't suddenly a rise in purchases of red minivans just because I'm <laughs> shopping for one. <laughs> um, it's, it's really just that our brains start focusing on that and noticing that. And as we give our families and our kids the identity and the values like you're instilling with your girls with this magazine, that's naturally what they're going to see and what they're going to focus on. And they're going to filter the other things out. And that's just kind of the way God created us. And so I love that your mom was so intentional and she knew, you know, who you guys were and who you guys were supposed to be. And she acted on that and it gave you such a strong identity and helped you to really change the next generation for your family. And I think that's so, so powerful. I'm going to have to call my mom today. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely give her a huge <laughs> thank you. And, 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 you know, what she did, not just impacts your family, but you know, you've created this magazine that's impacting other families as well. And it just is, you know, the impact just keeps going and going. And I love that. Um, okay. So you recently wrote a devotional uh, yes. based on the magazine and for the same demographic as the magazine. How do you do devotionals with your girls? What does that look like? You have a pretty diverse age range happening there. What does that look like? You know, it's funny because my husband and I were just talking about this the other day because <laughs> he is, you know, very grateful that he kind of takes on devotions and we do it at dinner time. 
normally, actually sometimes it's breakfast or lunch, kind of when, if he's been traveling, just whenever everybody's around at the table. Um, and you know, normally he just will pull out, we use different websites, um, or different things, or if he's reading something, he'll kind of share it with us, with the girls. And so sometimes everybody's very much into it. You know, the little ones are into it and they can ask questions, but sometimes if he's reading something that, um, or we've been reading something he wants to share it with the girls where our 11 year old might get it. The eight year old, you know, she might get a word or two. And those six year olds, they're just spinning around literally just, you know, at the table at the chair. And so it's funny. I looked at him last night and I was like, babe, you know, like I actually wrote a book for girls this age. <laughs> like we can use that sometimes. But so we, you know, as our family devotion, and it's great because he does call them to, you know, just the level and just a higher standard. Um, but when he's out of town or even just individually with the girls, we definitely just use we use the resources um, that I have. A lot of the devotionals that I wrote came from conversations that I was actually having with them um, at the time, which was pretty neat because we would just be talking about something and I would just say, you know what, let's see what God has to say about this or what, you know, um, what did that make you think like? And so the devotion was very conversational because it was happening during conversations I was having with my own, with my girls. And so we, I think, it, you know, devotions just, it just looks very different in our house all the time because of the ages and because of the varying attention spans mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and levels. But, but I just think you just do it, you know, it yeah. doesn't, it's not pretty. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of times we always have these false imaginations of what devotional time looks like in other families as if it looks different <laughs> in other families. But I think in every family, you know, there may be that one day when everybody is just totally focused and it's awesome and but the other 364 days you know it's it's pretty much it's pretty much scattershot you you never know what you're gonna get you know and invariably one kid may be totally into it and the other one is doing everything they can not to do it so you know just for everybody listening be encouraged that it's really the faithfulness of it and not the exact perfect execution every single time um, but the, the faithfulness and the habit of it, you know, you, you hear the phrase that says um, practice makes perfect, but I've heard recently the phrase practice makes permanent. Oh, so, I like that better. Cause I'm like, we, we've been practicing for some time now. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't look like perfection around here. That's for sure. <laughs> um, okay. So I would love to know what books you are reading these days. Anything you recommend? Um, well, I, you know, the, I just finished. Do you know Rachel? Do you know Rachel Ridge? Um, yes. Flash. Yes. Yeah. She, uh, that was the one I just finished was Flash. It's just, I would highly recommend. I mean, I laughed, I cried, I highlighted, I read parts out loud to my husband. I mean, the whole, <laughs> you know, that when you have a good book, those are like the things that you do. And so that was a great, great book. Um, so I just finished that one. And now I am in the middle of um, In Search of God Knows What hmm. by Donald Miller. Ah, um, very good. Just it's just talking about authentic Christianity and you know looking at what it really looks like to live like Christ, <laughs> and so that that is challenging. Um, but it's very it's a very good book. He's also very funny, so it's good points. But there's some humor in there that softens softens the blow a bit. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I am right now. Good and books. any books you mentioned that you're at the time six year old, which I'm assuming is now your eleven year old. Um, loves to read. Any any good books that you'd recommend to our listeners who have kids that age? That when she was six, or what she's or reading now. Re- reading now, or 
anything. Any good books uh, for kids. Let me just make that <laughs> real general. Oh my. I mean, we have so gosh, we have so many books. Um I just posted a list. Let me think about what she is. I have to just I mean, that eleven year old, she just kind of does her own thing. <laughs> she just I just bought her um gosh, the Benedict help me out if you know what I'm talking about. The, I'm looking it up because I had it in my phone, but it's like the Benedict stories. Oh, the mysterious Benedict society. Oh, I haven't heard of that. That is what she is. Um, just started reading. The little ones are my eight year old is into the Clementine series. Um, and the little ones, they just kind of read whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't have any, I can't think off the top of any meaningful things that she's <laughs> recently <laughs> the pressure <laughs> sorry yeah especially when it's such a general question name a great book <laughs> well um, my well, son i will say all of any downs has great books mm-hmm. for that um older you know that kind of almost teen she's a little teen but if you have a kind of a mature 11 year old she would enjoy that like the speak love and yes uh, let's all be brave i think it's called my so girls anyway, yeah, read, read those, those and liked yeah. those. And if yeah. you have a younger one at the time, so my older one read Speak Love, and then my younger one, um, Annie has a journal. And so my younger okay. one kind of just did the journal, which just made, you know, she wasn't quite ready for a whole nonfiction book, but right. she worked through the journal, and that was really, really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so right now, one of the moms listening, or all of the moms listening, might be about to pick up one of their kids from a nap or they're just pulling into the garage after work, or they just woke up and they're about to get their kids up for the day, what is one encouragement that you would give to them in their pursuit of being a passionate mom for their kids? Um, actually, God has placed this scripture on my heart recently, and I have it plastered all over my bathroom mirror for that reason. For times like that, when I'm running out to get the kids and I look in the mirror real quick, I have to see this. But it's John fifteen five. And it's just, I am the vine, you are the branches, the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. And I've actually replaced my script, my name in there. Um, and so it really just is a reminder, like winter, you can do nothing without God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so it is just a reminder that no matter, you know, it's just stay in God's word, like just stay with God. And that doesn't mean you know, I don't have hours where I'm just sitting around you know, doing my Bible journal and, you know, and, and I just, like a, a great shaft of light shines on you and music no. starts playing. <laughs> but it means that like having a scripture on my mirror so that mm-hmm. when I walk by, I get a glimpse of God's word just as the reminder throughout my day or in the car. I mean, we've been listening to, uh, there's a worship singer, her name's Jamie Smith and she has a CD called Verse and they're just scriptures. Um, she just has put scriptures to a melody and they're great But even just that, just constantly just kind of feeding my spirit with God's word because I can tell the days or the times, weeks when I have not uh, tried to, when I've tried to operate without being in God's word or being in his plan. And then the days when I have, and as a mom, I just, I need the days that I have, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, or else it's it's just no good. It's no good for any of us. Um, And I'm exhausted and I'm miserable and I can't, you know, can't do it right. And which then makes the kids you know, react off of my responses. And so I just think finding whatever that is, whether it's a CD or a scripture, or um, if you have hours where you can sit and just spend in God's word, whatever it is, 
just being able to fill yourself with God's presence, um, you know, while you're folding laundry or whatever that may look like. But that's just been the biggest deal for me. It makes all the difference because I can do all the other planning and I can have dinner ready and have all the laundry folded and the house is clean and, you know, I'm ready with my schedule and all organized. But if I have not (laughs) been reading my Bible, it's a disaster. (laughs) Like, you know, the schedule just goes crazy and, and the kids won't cooperate and I'm short. So I just think we can do all the other things, but without being in God's presence, it's just kind of meaningless. Mm-hmm. Well, so. you know, it's so interesting how you quoted that verse and I could see how somebody could initially see that as discouraging without me, you can do nothing. That sounds sort of negative, but just even as you were saying it, I just felt like this burden lift off of me, just like, oh yes, it's not about me and and, and doing yeah. everything picture perfect. It's not about making sure I, you know, check everything off my to-do list or do everything perfectly. You know, no matter, even if I did everything perfectly, it might not work out because maybe I had the wrong plan. Yeah. And so just remember, you know, it is, it is all God. These kids are his, my life is his and without him, I can do nothing. And there's just so much rest, I think in that. And so I love that you shared that. It takes the pressure off. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's all it's all him. Yeah. Winter, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. I hope you have a fantastic rest of the day and that it is not nearly as rainy as it has been here in Texas. Jeez. Oh, we right. just floated away. We have a like a little plastic kiddie pool in our backyard and it was literally floating all Are over you our backyard serious? yesterday. <laughs> and it had water in it, but there's so much water in our backyard that it was floating around. Oh, my. Yeah. Anyway, well, Winter, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And um, can you tell everyone really quick again where they can find you online? Um, I am for Girls Like You. So the word, F-O-R, and girlslikeyou.com. And, you know, I blog there for parents of girls and for Girls Like You, all my social handles and all that stuff. I'm just at for girls like you and the devotionals in stores. And, you know, you can find that Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and those places. Great. And I will have all those links in the show notes as well. Winter, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank, you. Thank you for having me. All right. You have a great rest of your day. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king.
missing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way by His Spirit with each breath that I take. It's feeling like a good day. 